0: You're listening to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show with Val Hart, learn how to talk with animals. I'm your co-host Scott Patton. Hey Val, how are you doing today? Hey
1: Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So we're starting our brand new show. I'm really excited. It's our first episode. This is the premiere and uh, you've been called The Real Dr. Doolittle.
1: I have. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have, and it's a, a great title. With you know, it's just a lot of fun. And most people know what that means. It means that I can talk to animals. Not, and you know, most of us can talk to animals. The question really is: Is can we hear them talk to us? <laughs>
0: mm, right. That's a you know, big, so big yeah. issue for a lot of people.
1: So yeah, tell me how did
0: how did you get started with this? Like, how, did it always happen that you could talk to the animals, or?
1: But you know, when I was growing up, I was—I um, had a really difficult childhood. I was manically depressed. I was suicidal. I was lonely, and really, the only animals I had, or only friends I had, were my animals. And um, they knew me, and I—we connected. We had kind of a magical bond. And uh, my—in fact, my horse uh, that I got when I was a teenager—I uh, fell in love with horses when I was just five years old. Um, but uh, yeah, my uh, my grandfather, who was a cowboy. Um, in fact, I've got uh, some great pictures of him. You know, he was born in the 18 1880 something. And uh, yeah, anyway, he he uh, he heard that I loved horses, and so he found me my first horse. This is a Welsh pony named Maisie, and Maisie really helped me survive. I mean, she she would counsel me she would offer me comfort she would show me things she would play with me she would teach me um you know and i never really lost those lessons as i you know became an adult and moved off into my life and started you know working in the corporate world and had my own company and business and at one point i went you know what i'm really not happy this isn't fulfilling my purpose you know my this isn't making me um feel my joy you know uh, uh, with my passion and my doesn't doesn't make my heart sing you know right so yeah so i started thinking about well what would make my heart sing and the one of the things that always always saved me was my connection and love for animals and mm. You know, and as a child, I know that I could hear them, and I understood them, and they understood me. And um, so, I started doing self-improvement work and learning meditation techniques and things like neuroli- neurolinguistic programming and um, a number of other wonderful tools for going within and healing and sorting things out for ourselves and, and um, accessing other uh, information. And it was really, really cool. So, what happened? In the um, the early 90s, uh, 91, 92, uh, 1991, 92, um, is that I started being able to hear and feel my animals even more, more strongly. Mm. And it was so neat. I, one of the things I tried was um, my cats. Uh, my husband and I would go off on little trips and jaunts or little vacations or, you know, our schedule would change. we would take a three-day weekend or something. And our cats, we would always put them inside and have someone come in and check on them. And um, when we would get home, the cats would be basket cases you know they would be so upset they would just be frantic they would be pissed off and, and believe me my older cat peach could hold a grudge for weeks <laughs> um, so you know she, she would uh, let me know that how unhappy she was that what you know that we had left her you know for those two days or whatever it was and so I started working with them and um, what I learned was when I did a process to, of, of tuning in Which I teach people. Uh, It's just my delight and joy to teach people how to do this. Um, You tune in and listen and share the information and let them tell you their concerns, their feelings about it. They can ask us questions, you know, and and then we have a meeting of the minds and a meeting of the hearts, and, and all is well. And literally, that's what happened. Our next trip. Uh, when we got home, it was such a night and day difference. It was just amazing. Wow! That, you, so, when
0: you're talking about that story, you reminded me of a IMAX movie that I saw. And it was um, uh, Animals of the Sea, Oh. and they interviewed this uh, fellow who uh, <coughs> who was swimming. He swim, he swam in the ocean, and I think he was a marine biologist or whatever. And he was studying. And I'm trying to think if it was a I think it was a whale but mm-hmm. because it was a, it was very but I don't like a killer whale or something like that but it might not it might have been a, just. a it wasn't a porpoise but it was like it was basically what happened was the whale would dance it would be just floating in the water almost mm-hmm. standing up and mm. he'd be floating beside it and they would be just sort of uh turning and, and and you watched it and they it you like this was a dance, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they interviewed the, the fellow and, and you know, they they would intersperse him with the whale and and, and uh the dance and then him talking and he said, Yeah wow. it took me, you know, three or four months to get the relationship with the whale and go out there and dance with him and her mm-hmm. I don't know which one it was and <laughs> uh-huh. um and he said and then I had to go home for two months Okay. And when I came back, she or he ignored me for like weeks. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> was, oh. yeah,
0: was obviously uh-huh. very upset that uh, oh yeah. That, that, you know, he hadn't seen me and and, yeah. and you know, and I'm sure that all he did was just pack up his stuff and leave, right? Right. He would come right. and communicate or, or anything. And, and it was it was very interesting because he, like, he was, you know, the whale was really upset. (laughs) Yeah. It took a long time to, you know, get him to forgive me.
1: Right, right. But we're okay
0: now, right? And and you could see he didn't understand at all. No,
1: no, no. Well, no one told him. All of a a sudden, here's, you know, here's what I got with my cats. It's like, all of a sudden, their routine was disrupted. There's a stranger coming in their house. They don't know if me and my husband had died and would ne- they'd never see us again. They didn't know if they would never get out of this house. They might die here, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if no one came and we never came back, what would happen to them? Um, you know, and they were lonely and frustrated and also scared. One of the biggest things is that they were just literally scared uh, because their world had changed. And, you know, it's it's like talking to uh, what would you do if you had a child, you know, and just all of a sudden didn't come home that day and some stranger comes in and you didn't speak the same language so they couldn't ask questions. Right or find yeah. out what was going on, and it, that's really the the key of it. You know, it's so that's that's what we're we're here to talk about, and that's why I really wanted to let's do these shows is to help people understand their animals' unique and wonderful viewpoints, and and their wisdom and their joy, and their, help help experience that magical bond. You know, that heart bond and connection that we have with our animals, wow. uh, which makes a huge huge difference. Oh my gosh.
0: So, so, Val, one of the mm-hmm. questions that I have is, uh, is, is this something that uh, just you can do, or can anybody do it? Or do you need to be, I don't know, go through...
1: Psychic, ma- psychic psychic mastery classes. <laughs> psychic
0: mastery classes. I was trying to think of what, you know, I put a crystal on my head, like, okay, is this... Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, you have to wear a purple robe. and. Purple a robe. Right. <laughs> but,
0: but it's not something that is in the kind of the mainstream of society in terms of... And, of course, we all do talk to our animals, right? We Right, them right. right. We, we
1: always talk to them. You know, the question is, can yeah. we hear them back?
0: Right. Well, yeah, I don't think we listen to them very much, but...
1: We, we yeah. are not practiced and trained in how to understand them as well as their... Practiced and trained in how to understand us, because we supposedly, you know, the 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 advanced race on the planet, uh, we can't figure out how to speak uh, the our innate inborn language uh, that we were born with, and then we want our animals and other beings and sentient beings to speak our language, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to take that extra step. Um, But you know, really, Scott, I'm so glad you asked that because this is the innate. Um, inborn language of energy, of intention, of emotion, of uh, visualization, of intention. Um, this is what I call telepathy, which is what this works on. Animal communication, talking to the animals is all about telepathy, which is, don't be, you know, it's no scary term. It just means that you can feel somebody else over a distance. And we all do that. I mean, you can look at your. You know, loved one across the room, or a stranger, you know, in the cafe, or in the subway, or whatever, um, or just look at your animal, and you know, you get a feeling there is something there that you can pick up on and know about that that uh, being. So
0: yeah, I wanted. You said you grew up in a rural area, so I did. Were you on a farm?
1: Um, I lived uh, outside of Austin, Texas. And uh, we lived um, on uh, in the Lake Travis area, which, you know, um, Lake, very hilly um, area. So uh, when we first, when my family first moved there, um, and I'm an only child, by the way, so I didn't have siblings to grow up with. It was just me and my mom and dad who were very busy and both had jobs and stuff. So, um, But there weren't any other children. I think there were... Maybe five other families on the whole lake when we moved out there. Wow. Of course, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands now. Um, but back then, there just, there weren't anybody else around my age or even close to my age that I could play with. So, um, it, was, so it became my animals. My animals became my teachers, my, you know, in some ways my parents uh, because they helped raise me. You know, they helped teach me things that are important. Um, you know?
0: What, uh, what animals did you have there?
1: Ah, uh well, um I I had a lot of animals. Um my dad raised pigs at one point. Wow. Uh yeah, we had chickens, we had rabbits, we had goats, um, we had I had a guinea pig, I even had mice at one point, I had a bird, we had cats and dogs of course, um, had a fish. Uh Lord, I, I think I'm running out of, of uh <laughs> I mean, so, animals, but, so did they
0: all have different accents? Did they talk different? Things? You know
1: what? They do. They do. It's so much fun. Um, different animals feel and sound different because they're all different. They're all unique. And when I hear them, and by the way, let me just clarify th- this. When we pick up information from someone else energetically, and, and remember that spoken language and written language is actually an energetic transference of information, but we can also access information energetically, you know, without spoken or written language. Um, so you know, that that's that's about I think it's eighty percent, eighty-five percent of all communication is actually the energy on it. Mm-hmm. uh, Have you heard that?
0: Well, I've heard that 7% of our communication is our words. Right. And then about 38% is the tones and the pauses. and
1: Right. uh, That's energy. You know, that's intention, that's that's, uh, impression, that's emotions, that's feelings, that's concepts, that's consciousness. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that we're sharing with each other. Seven percent is the spoken language of the written words. Yeah.
0: and so we rely on that an awful lot, which is why, of course, we don't understand yeah. anybody. That's right. But the reason <laughs> that I asked you if um, you if you lived on a farm is that both my parents grew up on farms. Oh, okay. And uh, my my mom had three brothers, and when my dad was so and and I've been on those farms, and they're still out in the middle of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. basically there was, you know, I can see them growing up as that they were just amongst themselves and, you know, the neighbor was down the road, you know, to a m- half a mile or a mile, so maybe they would see them from time mm-hmm. to time. And, right. Um, and I know what that, I, I have a, a sense of what that uh, isolation and loneliness w- might have been for you because when right. I took my sons out when they were young to the farm, uh one of the one of the farmer one of the neighbors found when he found out there was two kids almost his daughter's age he did everything he could to get his daughter over and my son's over so that they could play because she had never had anybody to play with except you know going to school for uh, and it was the summertime, so and I and to this day, you know it 's like ten, fifteen years ago, to this day, he still talks about how great it was having the kids over, and you know they would mm-hmm. ride the horses and play and and all, and how right. much because he just knew how much his daughter got out of it like we we knew like yeah. and we made a point of inviting her and and including her in anything that we did, right so mm-hmm. uh, but you know you could just you could really tell that. Uh, you know that she didn't get a lot of contact with people, and and it was great that she she could at that time. But anyway, when my dad was uh, dating my mom, he was over at the farm one day, and he says, you know, I got there, and I don't know, we had lunch, and we're sitting around in the afternoon, and and nobody's talking, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. quiet, right? Right, And then, right. And then uh, one of the brothers gets up, puts his coat on, starts to go, and then the next one gets up, and the next one gets up. Finally, my mom says, well, come on, and my dad's like where are we going? And she's, uh, we're going here, silly. Like, you know, like he hasn't you know, been like, paying attention, right? Uh-huh, right, right. <laughs> and he didn't get the like, memo. He didn't get the memo. He says, I, he says <laughs> nobody from the, the whole time uh, that I was there talked about, it, well, said anything, but talked about they were going to go do this, right? But they all got up like they all knew exactly what was going on. And he says, I felt weird. Yeah. Really, and, and that story just always has kind of sat with me because I really think that because they were together all the time because they were all alone there was no TV no radio none of that sort of stuff uh, Mm -hmm. that they communicated I really believe they communicated telepathically and they didn't even realize it right yes because my mom was like my mom was like you know Come on, like we're obviously we're going here, like, uh-huh. and my dad he like he's feeling like an idiot because they obviously know and they haven't in, and they haven't communicated. And I just think that's a great little story about
1: that's how wonderful
0: how you can communicate directly, right?
1: Yeah and you know that that's also my point too it's beautifully said thank you scott for that great story is that we're communicating with others all the time mm-hmm. if we're paying attention if we take some time to actually feel what we're feeling and acknowledge what we're receiving from others then it's a, it's almost like a magical world opens up You know, I mean, the story of Doctor Doolittle has been around for how long now? A long time. Hundred years, probably. At least, yeah. And you know, and the the point is that we're all connected. We can all hear and feel the wisdom of others. Um, And you know, one of the things I say is to um, to let your animals help you reconnect to all of life. Mm. Um, Yeah, because you know they can teach us so much. Um if we learn to listen to them, understand their wisdom, they can help us heal, help us reconnect. You know, animals think that we are we are the most dense and problematic species on the planet um because we are disconnected. We have forgotten how to listen, we've lost our roots, you know, we're our, our the human animal body mind connection um isn't there. Just because we've gone all mental, you know and we're not feeling anymore we're not connected at our heart um and so you know in my work i I say that animals teach us how to be better humans mm, cool you know? yeah.
0: yeah it's yeah that's it, i think you're uh, you're right on there it, it's interesting kind of hearing it from the uh, from the other other side right from, like from a different animals direction say, right? you know they're not too impressed with us. <laughs> no, they're
1: not. No, they're not. You know, uh, most animals, they think, and they've learned, you know, they try to communicate with us. Um, and when we can't hear them, like like your father, you know, with the, that family, Yeah. Um, it, it's like, and, and they're looking at him like, what's the matter with you? That's how our animals look at us. It's like, what's the matter with you? You know, we've been, we already thought about this. You know, we already, you know, already, whatever, and then, you know why aren't you on the same page what's wrong you know I'm so sorry for you I feel sorry for you because you can't hear me there must be something wrong you know with you and and so you deserve my pity and my compassion and I'm going to try to help you as best right. I can you know and then, and then you've got our, our poor animals you know they're like they're getting very basic in their communication and they're You know, uh, like for instance, the dog wants to go outside, and he comes to you, sits in front of you, whines, touches your paw, runs to the door, hoping that you're watching, runs back, (laughs) runs to the door, bark, bark. You know, hello, hello. Uh, Are you listening? Can can you understand this? Let me make it basic sign language. Maybe you poor, you know, dense human can understand me now. Um, But that's you know, what's what they have to do uh, to get our attention sometimes.
0: Like, they're our nurse, and we just don't know we're in a nursing home,
1: right? Oh, we, we just didn't know. Uh, but, you know, they think that we need a lot of help, and, you know, the truth is we, they're right.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we well, do need a lot of
0: help. I, I mm-hmm. saw a movie the other day, and when you talked about, you know, what, what the animals think of us, the movie was called District 9, mm-hmm. and it's a story of a, a spaceship that comes, and right. uh, they. And and basically the, the humans put them into a ghetto and they don't ah yes they, they they're afraid of them they're this they're that they don't try to communicate with them or anything else right and right. and you know it's it's kind of an idiotic position because this group that came from another planet had a spaceship right mm-hmm. so obviously they're very. Technologically advanced, but they're not being yeah. treated like they are. They're being, you know, dissected and they're this and they're that, and and mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to take the the um, take the technology and, and all the rest of it, and really, uh, and of course, it's a story on apartheid and and and, and p- outsiders and everything else. I mean, there's a lot of allegories, but right. the at the end, the um, one of the aliens gets back to the spaceship and. Takes a spaceship home, right? Mm-hmm, and, it's, mm-hmm. and, and of course, he's going to come back to get the rest of his people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. he says it's going to take three years or whatever. And, right. And it's like, how stupid are we, right? Uh-huh, like, right. The guy's going to come back with like a billion spaceships. They've, got yeah. to, you know, they, we already know <laughs> they got guns and stuff that can blow us apart. And it's, right. like right. They're going to be saying, oh, thank you very much for the way you treated our people. Yeah, That's your yeah, Reward, yeah. right."
1: Right, right, and, right.
0: You know, and but at the beginning of the of the beginning of the movie, it's all the human perspective, and these are stupid. They call them prawns, you know, because mm-hmm. they're insectoid type. Uh, and mm-hmm. they, Their babies look like prawns, and, right. and there's you know, and you just and they and they're you know, they're rummaging. They look like they're rummaging through garbage, right?
1: Yeah. Well. When in fact,
0: what they are is they're looking for something they lost. Right. And when they get it, they're able to actually restart up their their. Uh, it took them 20 years to accumulate enough of this stuff to be able to start their engines up and leave. Right, right, right. You know, right. So we're thinking, well, oh, look at these. You know, they're they're brutal. They're animalistic. They're this. They're that. Well, you know, that's, they they have their culture, and we're interpreting it. And mm-hmm. then halfway through, it switches to because the main character, who's human, is in, is. Uh, finds this liquid and it turns him into one of them slowly, right? So he's yeah. he all of a sudden he's no longer being treated like a human, he's being treated like they are and right. in danger and everything else. And then he's starting to see from their perspective. And see life all, from another
1: viewpoint, yeah. That's
0: right. And all of a sudden like these are very intelligent uh, beings and they're they're on a mission and they're doing this and they're doing that and uh you know, oh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and it's just like, oh wow, and it's very artfully. I mean, it's very artfully done because you mm-hmm. you, you know, you're very sympathetic with the creatures kind of Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. Well, and you know, you think about it, we do. We put our animals in cages. We treat them like not even second-class citizens. Right, yeah. we don't we don't talk to them. We don't ask them what they need or what they want. When when we have a problem with an animal, typically we either try to beat it into submission or we, you know, yank uh, on try, the leash. Come on, <laughs> the leash harder. You know, with horses, you know, put a bigger bit in their mouth. You know, wear bigger spurs. Tighten the leash. Tighten the girth more hard. You know, um, make them work harder. Um, you know, in fact, one of the stories. When I first got started, I worked with a uh, dressage uh, Grand Prix dressage um, owner and trainer at, with a fabulous horse, and and the horse was just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant in his job. He was, you know, top level, a world class horse. And what was happening is, is that when they'd get in the show ring, the horse would screw everything up. And the person, the, the owner, the guy said, uh, you know, he could not understand it. He would drill him and drill him and drill him and work him, and it was perfect in the, you know, in practice. And then we'd go in the show ring, and the horse would mysticuse and, you know, and rebel and all this stuff. And he said, please talk to my horse. And I, so I said, sure, okay. And so I talked to the horse, and the horse said, I'm so angry with my human. For drilling me needlessly on all of this stuff, you know that I already know and am performing perfectly. Um, he's, uh, you know, uh, a bit rough with me. He's, you know, uh, he's not listening to me, and I'm. I want an apology, and I want him to acknowledge that, you know, he, this is not working for me. And uh, and it was really cool because I mean, <laughs> more to the story, but uh, the guy got a little upset about that. He wanted me. to <laughs> you know the horse uh, through me said that he wanted an apology and the, you know it's kind of an arrogant <laughs> arrogant yeah. horseman you know it's like apologize to my horse and so he gave a you know off the cuff kind of oh okay i'm sorry like like uh, yeah 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 big deal whatever okay um and the horse literally turned his backside to us swished his tail and it's like you could see him cross his arms going nope that is not good enough you did not get my message i ain't playing <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, it was so funny, you know. And the guy actually stormed out and left to think about it. And when he came back, he said, "You know what? You're right on every account. That's exactly what I have been doing. I got it. And I'm truly sorry. We won't do that again." And um, and and so they went out and they won their competition. Wow. Um, yeah, you know so. You know, it, it took listening to the animal for the animal to say, "You're treating me, like, you know, like an alien. You're not okay. considering my viewpoint. You don't understand that I am a sentient, wise, intelligent being with a lot of wisdom, with things to say. You know, uh, if things hurt me or don't feel good or are confusing, um, or I've been wounded, right, or or I, I need some more help." You need to hear me. You know, don't just mm-hmm. make it worse or harder or, 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 you know, or something like that. Because that's when we, that's when our animals lose their lives. It's when you know we sell them, we get rid of them. That's when they wind up on the streets, and millions and millions of animals, you know, lose their lives every year, um, it's just because no one took the time to listen to them, mm-hmm. to to treat them like they have a thought in their head. And believe me, they've got lots of thoughts. <laughs> Fish. I'm sure they do. <laughs> yes, they uh, do. They have a lot of thoughts. Uh, learning well, animal. Well, Val,
0: we've come to uh, we've really come to the end of our uh, our time uh, for you- our first show, and it, I mean it's just okay. flown by. It's hard to believe that uh, 25 minutes has gone by.
1: I know, I know. It's just a, it's it's learning animal communication is such an exciting journey into the self, the nature of reality of our world, and it's a behind the scenes look at the incredibly complex interconnections between all of us so I'm really delighted to be able to bring this information to you and talk about this sort of thing so thanks Scott
0: so Val if somebody wanted to know more about communicating with their pets or their Mm -hmm. animals uh, where could they go
1: well, go to my website, ValHeart.com, www.valheart.com. Um, I have free expert animal communication tips. And while you're there, you can check out the ValHeart Method of Learning to Communicate with Animals. That starts with a free CD called Discover Five Secrets About Animal Communication.
0: Awesome. That's, that sounds really exciting. Cool. So. Uh, everybody, want to thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we're going to be coming every week with more and more uh, great information about communicating with animals, some stories, and uh, hopefully lots of fun. So Absolutely. Uh, and if you want to uh, head over to Val, you also have a blog, right?
1: Uh, I do. I do. Okay. Um, it's, um, <laughs> uh,
0: uh-oh. ValHeart.com <laughs> forward slash blog. And, uh, that'll work. That'll work.
1: Oh, oh. And, uh,
0: you, you, yeah. So make sure you read read uh, Val's blog and uh, leave some comments. Let us know what you thought of the show. And uh, if you have any questions, we'll certainly be delighted to take uh, take questions from you and and answer them to the best of our abilities.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to it.
0: So see you all next time, everybody. You've been listening okay. to the Real Doctor Doolittle Show with Val Hart. Learn how to talk with animals. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks,
1: everybody. Bye-bye.